everyone. Yet a this is Kelvin. Welcome to episode twenty one of uh, Res Metal Podcast. On this episode, I talked to Alliance from San Carlos Apache Reservation. Um, I talked to four members: uh, Scott, Ashley, Laurel, and Isaiah. Uh, on this, uh, we talk about uh, kind of the band's formation, the metal scene out in San Carlos. And uh, kind of just what the band's been up to uh, since the you know pandemic's been you know shutting everything down. Um, also, um, you know, did we talk about kind of how metal is perceived on the San Carlos Reservation? Uh, very different uh, compared to the how metal is perceived on the Navajo Reservation. Um, yeah, Alliance, you know, have been uh, playing some live shows recently and. Did a couple shows this month, uh, earlier this month, uh, out in Tempe and Phoenix. Um, anyway, uh, I'm gonna play a little short clip of the one of their demo songs, and then um, kind of go right into the uh, interview. Okay, is everyone in, you guys all live in Globe? Oh, um, this is Isaiah Patterson, and I'm from Paradise, Arizona. Who else is there? My name is uh, Laura Palmer, and I stay in Paradise, Arizona, too. And uh, I'm Ashley Yazzie. I stay here in Globe as well. And is that everyone? Yeah, that's practically all the members of the band. Okay, so where do you guys... Um, based out of i was looking at your like kind of social medias and it was san carlos yeah um i mean we just say san carlos to be general um it's because like well peridot is within san carlos so it's kind of like a sub district of the actual tribe itself okay so Overall, all four of us are from San Carlos, if you want to get in terms of tribes. Um, so when did uh, when did uh, Alliance start out? Uh, well, to get to that, we would have to go all the way back to 2013. Yeah. Um, back to YouTube days. And uh, back when I was posting probably YouTube covers on both YouTube and uh, Facebook, but that's how Isaiah and I connected. I mean, technically, both Isaiah and I had already previously um, knew of each other, but uh, it was a guitar cover of... um, what was it Rose of Sharon? Yeah, that's what kind of like popped the question in regards to hey man, you want to start a band? And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it all started, really. <laughs> okay, so uh, it was uh, so Isaiah and Scott that started 
are the longest running members? Yeah. Uh, both myself and uh, Isaiah are the, well, Isaiah is the founding member and I'm the co-founder. Okay. And how did the, um, how did uh, Laurel and Ashley get, get involved with the Lance? Ash? Um, well, let's see, back in 2018, um, geez, it's been so long, <laughs> but back in 2018, um, you know, Alliance was doing, um, they did a show back in January of 2018 and then they were doing, a like a little, a little acoustic show where, um, you know, Scotty and <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, they just, you know, did Alliance songs, but acoustically. And, um, it was a fun night, um, a get together with a lot of friends and, you know, family. It wasn't technically there. It was, uh, a jam session between myself, Isaiah and our, uh, our former vocalist bassist, uh, John Henry. John had invited Ashley on over and out of that, we noticed that Ashley could play guitar and myself and John were kind of looking at each other like, yeah, let's, let's see what Isaiah says. <laughs> Talked to Isaiah about it. And then right off the bat, Isaiah. <laughs> um, these guys were, um, they were telling, tell me about Ashley that she can play. And, um, and I was listening to her play on my guitar, my guitar and everything. And I was like, wow, she can, she plays. I've seen her before and everything, like um, holding guitars and everything, but I never actually heard her play guitar. I've seen her that day. She was playing on my guitar. I was like, oh, and then John and um, Scotty were looking at me and I, was, I looked at them and I already knew what, what they wanted to ask. Like, after we practiced the whole song, she was going to listen to us at the end of her set. Um, John and Scotty, they were trying to like ease into it, like slowly ease into it. I just said, um, I just looked straight at her. I was like, do you want to join the band? And that's how it started. That was the best day of my life. Yeah, how did Laurel get involved in the band? Uh, we would have to fast forward a year last later. Year. No, it was, it was 20, last year. It was back in 2019. Yeah. It was mid-summer? No, it was like... Was it August? It was early fall. Somewhere around there. So <laughs> what happened was... John decided that he was going to go ahead and leave the band and he kind of left on his own terms. So myself, Isaiah and Ashley were working as a three piece <laughs> myself, taking on vocal duties while drumming uh, and as well as Ashley and Isaiah picking up a lot of the vocal slack too. But uh, we just kind of decided like, well, it's either going to come down to getting another vocalist or getting a new drummer. Cause on my case, I could go either way. And, uh, Laryl was in another band, another local band in San Carlos called grotesque remains. And he still is in the band, but in this very case, I popped the question like, Hey man, we need a drummer. Can you drum for us? And homeboy here took like two months to respond back. Like, 
we would awkwardly see him at local gigs, and in that case, he would be like, uh, "All right, well, we'll just say like, what's up?" Like, not necessarily try to like poke at him to try and um, how would you say try try to force him to be in the band, but finally around like november. Was, yeah november late late november that's when he finally it was like yeah so then we worked off of it from there okay um so back then uh when the band started uh scott and isaiah you mentioned uh a kill switch engage uh like jam session but what were some other bands that inspired you guys to form alliance <laughs> you want you want to tell our fans the truth the reason why we're laughing is because the original idea of alliance i mean it wasn't even a band name then but the original idea was to have uh us be like a melodic death metal band yeah something like kalma kalma i'm on a marth children bottom uh, I guess like in a sense like at the gates yeah but we weren't necessarily focusing on the core side more so like the the death metal still melodic ish <laughs> <laughs> and then we just kind of evolved into like this Ooh. death core metal core C sound I don't know what to call yeah, it yeah we, we still don't even know what we are to this day Oh, it's cool. I love all those bands. I'm a big At The Gates fan. Looking forward to the new Oh, hell yeah. New At The oh, Gates yeah. album. <laughs> yeah. I, it's uh, honestly what brought us together. I think it's coming out this Friday. Oh, yeah. shit. At The Gates album, man. No, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. But um, were you guys like all, you guys all kind of like lived close to each other back then? Or did you guys kind of like have to... Uh, travel far to like you know get together and practice um in the early days so like going back to 2013 2014 uh myself coleo johnson who was the original drummer as well as the late drummer but um himself steven smith and siriana shaw that was like the original lineup original five piece and back then i was a uh, rhythm guitarist that far like maybe 10 minutes or it wasn't that far mm-hmm. oh but uh from my understanding we're probably like maybe 10 15 minutes out yeah. from one another what was the what was san carlos like in terms of like a like a metal scene was there a lot of bands and a lot of like just fans in general? Um, when it came to the metal scene itself, I could honestly say back then it was thriving. Um, because back then you had uh, the band Ending Machine. Um, originally, Isaiah had came from uh, a death metal band by the name of Unleashing the Catastrophe. So they were really like the big the big guys around locally and uh lifeless was there um trying to think who else was around back then as i watch you die and there was a a number of bands but i could say back then 
music was really thriving in San Carlos and really starting to like build its own name, honestly, uh, specifically with the local scene in Arizona. But what kind of bands are, are there now? Like, what are some of the current San Carlos bands? Well, as uh, you've heard in some previous uh, interviews, <laughs> Celestial Exile has really been making a name out there. Uh, there are next door neighbors in Bylas, Arizona, still off of the same reservation, but they're just right next door to us. Um, they've really been popping off. Um, but on a local base, I would probably have to say just the band Red Sleeve. Um, formerly known as Meat Cleaver Amputation and uh, Blurl's other band Grotesque Remains and honestly it's just us four yeah. now that I think about it it's just only us four are there a lot of shows that take place on San Carlos or do you guys have to like venture out to to do some shows like I guess maybe early on was it mostly local and because I've seen uh, show flyers for you guys did a show recently in Phoenix and then um, Tempe. But what was it like early on? Um, early on, I would have to say that it was more acceptable for a DIY show to happen on the res, and uh, it was really fun. <laughs> I'll honestly say a lot of the the best local shows were at home, and. Um, but now you, I would have to say that we have to travel out to do local shows because uh, it's kind of, I guess in a sense, you could say it's frowned upon uh, locally now. And in a sense, we're kind of our own demise because we kind of inspired a, how would you say, a, a generation to like, live the the rock star life and i mean it's it's cool that we inspired but we in a sense we didn't necessarily know the type of responsibility that we had back then and the entitlement that we had making everybody partiers and that's what honestly kind of killed the shows for us locally so it's hard to like book your own shows back in the on the res it sounds like yeah um i mean we would even go through the approval process with the the local tribe, the tribal government and the council, but it even came to a point to where, you know, our permits didn't necessarily matter. And more so if like the, the show itself was getting out of hand, then PD would be quick to shut it down. Well, correct me and, if I'm wrong, but um, is the, um, is the alcohol uh, allowed on the reservation or is it, uh, cause I know here on the Navajo reservation, it's, it's a, uh, it's a dry reservation, so I think that's probably why they allow a lot of shows to happen here. But like um, uh, on with our reservation, it's uh, it is allowed, but it's not necessarily in the central heart of the tribe itself. It's more so on the outskirts of the reservation. So like next to our uh, local casino Apache Gold, they have their own convenience store. There's another store which is like the the local lake store and that also sells alcohol too so i mean in in that regards that lake is actually about 12 13 miles out from central san carlos 
So, I mean, they're quite a distance away to, to travel. Besides that, though, it's, um, it is acceptable, but it's not acceptable. It's acceptable when it's making profit, I guess you could say. At the casino with, like, tourists and, I guess, uh, casino patrons. But um, I guess maybe locally within the tribe when there's, I guess, when it's, like, affecting, like, uh, like people's homes i guess yeah i can see how it's not accepted everyone has their own entitlement to have their own drink i think the members of the tribe they do have their own drink too but at the end of the day once it starts causing problems then it's like oh well that's the root of all evil the tribe and basically just didn't want to put up with metal shows um, because of that so um did you guys yeah, it, it was more so like uh, the the younger gen was partying a little too hard. Getting a little out of hand. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. That's that's tough. Um, is it still like that now, or is it is it calmed down a little? Uh, honestly, when it comes to us locals, it's actually been a little harder to throw a show. And with throwing a show, it's like we don't know the outcome of it, so like now we don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out. We have a show coming up on July 16th in Vilas. So that's going to be our first gig at home Ooh. in like almost man, two years. Detail. Yeah. Detail. So <laughs> I guess we'll see how it is now and we'll give you an update. <laughs> Do you guys ever play shows in globe? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, we actually started off really at uh, there's this local bar called Two Lanes or Humphrey Two Lanes Saloon, and it's kind of like a I guess like a stepping stone for a lot of the local scene, whether it be for metal or country or solo projects. Everyone kind of starts there. Lately, they haven't really been doing any shows, so um, I'm not too sure as to how the scene is now. How do you guys go about getting on shows? Do you guys kind of book your own or do you just kind of have like friends out there that um, uh, get you on shows or friends who book their own shows? Or Before we used to work with um, a promotion company by the name of Red Feather Productions before Ruben Del Hoya of uh, Six Million Dead. So we used to work with him and in regards to getting shows out in the valley uh we also we also used to work with um what was his name manny eminence yeah that, that was his uh last name he used to run a booking uh a booking agency called native metal festivals so he used to be kind of the guy that everyone would go to but now it's kind of like just word of mouth of people that we know or people that we've met with or played with before. Just recently we got on to uh, Nile Theater's booking list. So I'm pretty sure we might be playing more shows with Nile Theater. Kind of put our hat with uh, 13 Floor Entertainment too. They're like the big shots in uh, the Valley when it comes to like metal. But uh haven't necessarily heard anything back. <laughs> so it's kind of like just networking, just finding booking promotions and following up with them and making sure you get mentioned on shows. Do you ever um, play shows out like in Northern Arizona or New Mexico? 
Uh, actually, yeah, we did. We actually played at um, the, the Juggernaut. We played there back in winter of, when was it? 2018. 2018? 2019? Yeah, we played there. They also played at, um, what was the other one? Studio 18? Oh, yeah, Studio 18. Yeah, that's where we played at. Yeah, that's, uh, I was looking at your, um, kind of like your Facebook pictures, and there's a flyer for a revolver show. Was that the one? Yeah, that's the one. We're playing with, I don't know, four. Uh, who else was there? I'm trying to recall. That's not a, so long. I don't there's a lot. It's a, a pretty good lineup, though. Testify. Um, Born in Winter. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. I liked it. It was, it was just a crowd over there in general. It's just, it's just mm, mm, tasteful. Love it. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of that revolver thing they did? Um, that video, they, I guess they, there was an article too, right? I didn't read the article. I just saw the video. Um, actually, revolver still follows us. <laughs> it's surprising, even though uh, it's been a while since we've actually spoke with them. It'll, it'll kind of freak me out too, because some of the content that we post on our Instagram, they'll just randomly like like it. <laughs> and it's like oh shit like revolver still paying attention to us but at the same time too um when they came out their uh camera crew was really nice and it was kind of unfortunate that because i can recall that we had a lot of like good shoots and they filmed us but in my personal opinion, I kind of feel like uh, once they find once they found out that uh, we were Apache, I was like, because <laughs> you know the the whole theme of it was in regards to the Navajo Nation with mutilated tyrant and I don't conform, so. I don't conform just kind of like hit us up like uh, literally a week before that and they're like hey uh if you guys can make it out all the way to farmington uh we got a spot for you guys so just said screw it drove all the way out there the following weekend even though we didn't necessarily plan months ahead as we normally do in regards to traveling shows but it was all spur of the moment <laughs> that's cool it's cool that uh idk uh got you guys involved yeah it was it was real like uh spur of the moment we played a show with them in what was it glendale at the starlight lounge it was jared cecil he was the one that came out to us and it was just all amazed by our, our set and you talked about it and then boom yeah, that's cool. I like that they're, you know, reaching out to you guys and reaching out to other other uh, Native bands. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it seems like uh, there's a big, like a pretty big uh, scene around the Phoenix area, around like Gila River and even around Tucson, like the Tahoe Odom. Do you guys ever get a chance to go to, to those reservations to play? Uh, not as of yet. Um, we're re- excuse me, but we're really good friends with uh, Ocean Harvest, specifically Winston, the vocalist, and then as well to um, somebody else from the TO Res would be uh, Guardians. Man, mm. Guardians are they're, mm. 
They're good. They're really good. <laughs> Love them. The only thing is that they don't necessarily have music out, but if there's any band that hustles, man, Guardians. Yep. They're like on literally every local show that you'll ever see. And they really work for their fans. Have you guys put most of your music on like streaming services or do you guys mostly do like physical like uh cds like at your shows in the early days it was physical hey (laughs) (laughs) um rewinding that back taking these steps back (laughs) back in our heyday (laughs) but um not even that long ago too what was it 2016 yeah that's when we recorded our first demo uh we called it lines going out and um we actually recorded that entire demo in a hotel room. Uh, I think the only thing to not say that we did was the drums, the drums we did back at home. But myself and Isaiah were living out in Tempe, and that's where we recorded majority of the demo. Yeah. yeah. But um, we actually made the physical copies of that, and practically we had one local show that was like around halloween and we just kind of at first we we're kind of selling them but then we just kind of gave them away yeah just like bit by bit and that was the last or the first and the last time that we did physicals our latest single the devil within that's on all streaming platforms yeah i heard that one's pretty badass you gotta have a some presence on a streaming service is yeah like i mean especially with the pandemic there's been no live shows and a lot of people yeah. just been staying home and looking for new music which i mean that basically that's what i did just mostly on the Bandcamp sites and um i don't know spotify is cool like um but i, I get a lot of um a lot of stuff i find on uh Bandcamp. Yeah, honestly, that's where I know Isaiah is more familiar with Bandcamp than we are in the band. Because back in his UTC days, uh, they released their demo yeah. on Bandcamp. Uh, actually, it was on Reverb Nation. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I mean, um, before the, the pandemic, were you guys like, getting like um shows lined up and before the everything got shut down the irony to 2020 was actually at the very beginning of 2020 we were going like really hard i think in the first two months we had played i think it was nine ten shows really and yeah that was just within the first two months starting from january on to february and it was just all there were some gigs where it was like back to back some in the same week and traveling as far as like prescott which is like four hours away from where we are but we're really getting our foot in the door and after that we're gonna begin to uh, expand out we're actually invited to um colorado ignacio for that uh it was like a res fest I don't know if you're familiar with that, but we're actually invited for that. That was going to be our first time in Colorado. And as well, too, we're starting to work things up to go back out to New Mexico and even going toward uh, California as well. But 
pandemic, man. Yeah, I messed everything up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It really did. Yeah. Were you guys able to like um like jam virtually or or did you guys just kinda have to like stay home and just kinda you know, follow some uh stay at home orders from the tribe? Um to an extent from what I can think of is that it was um well the tribe kinda took like I guess you could say initiative to make sure that it was locked down immediately. Like as soon as everything started to happen, I mean, we didn't necessarily see our first case until like late May, early June. So in that case, there's a lot of mitigation that was going on. But at the same time, Ashley was in globe. And then around June, I moved to globe till. So kind of like we just kind of stepped away from the band yeah Mm -hmm. we all kind of I wouldn't necessarily say went our own ways but we're just kind of dealing with the pandemic in our own uh, matter and then also something that happened too was uh, Laryl he had had the drum set burnt down from his oh yeah damn and uh that kind of affected all of our jamming too so it was uh it was a pretty hectic 2020 i'll say that yeah it was a tough loss how was the san carlos uh reservation did it get hit pretty hard during the pandemic or i'm trying to think i know i want to say maybe 25% of the tribe. Um, I can't necessarily get into detail with numbers because I don't necessarily know that on the top of my head, even though I do work at the hospital. Besides that, though, it was uh, it was pretty bad. I'll say that. It's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think uh, a lot of the around here i'm in fort defiance but yeah just hearing about and reading about it and seeing um hearing from family just you know the the system's not the best uh the medical system and so just kind of got overwhelmed and so yeah just uh unfortunate but i think it's slowly getting better it now. definitely was it was yeah, it, yeah I, I feel like it is i mean everything's slowly starting to get back to the way it was beforehand it's slowly getting back um not a lot of live shows on the res yet i think um i know a lot of them are being uh, announced around gallup and then as you guys know the phoenix area they, they're like they're like all aboard and they're, they're going hard there's a lot of shows being announced uh, i would think it's just uh you know the the governor uh what's his name doug ducey yeah he's he's the one that really um i guess told everybody you can go outside now but <laughs> with having that happen too kind of gave a lot of people well in my sense a bit like social anxiety because like the first show that we went to there was like it was a <laughs> packed house yeah and like nobody was wearing a mask so it was kind of like oh dang this is kind of actually scary <laughs> <laughs> was that the show in um back earlier this month in tempe and phoenix 
Yeah, we're playing with uh, Bledsaw and Carpet Bomb and our, alive. our friends and Kept Alive. All great guys, all great guys. Yeah. Are a lot of the, the local Phoenix fans cool with, um, I guess, helping out the bands out there in San Carlos? Um, well, the thing about it, though, is that there's not enough of us going out there as there was them coming out here to San Carlos. Um, I think really who's doing it now is just Celestial and us. Besides that, uh, me Cleaver was kind of on the roll of getting shows out there, but it was just rather transportation. And then um, really the founders of actually breaking into the Arizona local scene was any machine and as well as uh, Isaiah's former band, Unleashing the Catastrophe. They're really the ones that paved the way for everyone to start getting out there, start networking, and to actually say that there's music coming from San Carlos. I haven't heard a lot of bands being like from San Carlos being featured as much as around here. Um, but, um, I kind of feel like uh, around the Navajo reservation, there's a lot of people that are higher up that are more open to it. Like, um, the, you know, and testify the, their drummer is a councilman. And then like Jonathan is, he's like, like a, like a big fan too. So I think there's more people in the, like kind of overseeing things that are letting things are more supportive I'd say, would you say like there's that kind of level of support on San Carlos with like the councilmen's and the presidents and um, I guess the the tribe in general? Well, I mean, with hearing that interview with Testify and hearing Edmund's piece as to like what he was doing behind the scenes for the Navajo Nation, I mean, like getting corn out to the Navajo nation fairs and <laughs> anthrax and then trying to work on lamb of God and working on iron maiden going out and there. Metallica. I mean, yeah, that, that was crazy. Like I wish that that sort of support was in San Carlos, but I wish it's like barely getting there. Like we're, we're on really microscopic scale of <laughs> where you guys are at and how accepted it is on the Navajo nation. And honestly, that's kind of why on my case, personally, I've wanted to push the band to try and get in to the scene there, but I haven't necessarily seen as much shows out there lately, except for, uh, was it muddy boots and juggernaut presenting alien fest? Yeah. They're still, uh, I think I'm not really sure what these, colors mean but i think the tribe is still in like a yellow like or yellow for that i mean i think they still want people to wear masks uh just in general and um i think there's still a little bit more uh restrictions um not like the like in the phoenix area where there's just like no masks you know pack the the bars you know there's no limit mm -hmm. Yeah, there's still uh, there's still some uh, they still haven't like you know gone back to the way everything should be or should have been, but um, hopefully hopefully soon. I mean, I don't know. Like there's still there's still cases popping up here and there. Um, uh, yeah, it's 
like locally around here um i know that the tribe was capable of getting under i think it was like five percent no maybe even one percent of like tribal members actually being infected so that's why they started like loosening up the reins and starting to let things go a little or a lot more smoother at that i mean it was like full-on lockdown with the res like <laughs> checkpoints and curfews. Like, curf yeah curfews, curfews. Mm. um yeah so. here um a lot of it uh i don't know if the the news made it way down to your uh to you guys but like i think the first cases um here on the navajo reservation were like a church revival i guess um people oh yeah yeah the church revival and then back in i want to say october there was um um another like a like a religious uh revival um, gathering that sparked like a, a um, bunch of cases so anything where there's like you know people coming together in close contact so um yeah it's, it was it was pretty uh pretty intense um, yeah it really was i mean i remember that was the the big thing on our down here was like uh religious practice whether it be uh in a church or traditionally it was uh really messing with people and as well as like really causing a lot of conflict around here and then like bit by bit it was starting to like even get more and more strict so i mean i'm just glad that we're kind of past that or at least on our reservation and it's kind of i wouldn't say fully back to normal but a lot more smoother than before well i had a quick question too about um I know uh, you guys based out of San Carlos, but um, how about White Mountain? Is is there a lot of like metal bands coming out of the White Mountain Apache? There used to be. I remember we're kind of between San Carlos and White Mountain. There's a really like good chunk of bands that were all jamming. Uh, currently, the only two bands that I know that are still going is Travel Kills and Perseverance, who Ashley is married into. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys play with uh, play shows with them a lot? <laughs> well, Perseverance, they're practically our family. <laughs> and then as well, too, Isaiah's... Uh, I'm the rhythm guitars. <laughs> Uh, as for travel kills though, it's, uh, I haven't seen them in a while actually. Are they playing at the fest? Yeah, they're, they're playing at the alien fest. Um, but I think the last time we played with them was like in 2018. I know I invited them down out in Miami, but that was the last time that they've been around. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I don't hear too much, uh, coverage coming out of um better you know the san carlos white mountain area um hopefully uh yeah i get, can get to talk to some of the guys you are some of the bands you mentioned um 
I just do this for fun. I mean, just something to do in my spare time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. And we're all glad to be here with you. I mean, it's, I feel it's something that we can all relate to at least with being a native and liking metal. And then as well, hearing it from like different regions that, uh, that mall interview, that one was pretty cool. I didn't even know, like, uh, it was going down like that in South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, that guy, I, I never met him personally. I just been, I follow a lot of bands in that area and uh -huh. the main one uh, right now is Phobophilic. I think they're probably going to get signed to a pretty big metal label. Cause when I look at their follows on their Instagram, they get followed by a lot of, um, pretty big, um, metal labels. Uh -huh. And so I think they have an album coming out later this year, but they're, yeah, Phobophilic is probably like the biggest one that they're playing Dang. right now. And then um, there's a band called uh, Gorgatron. They're I think they're a part of like Nuclear Blast. Oh wow! They're they're from um, Fargo, but uh, I I didn't realize the singer of Mall was um, from the White Earth Reservation. I, I was because uh, he does this like Monday night live stream on his Instagram where he just like talks to people. But um, he mentioned that he grew up on the white earth reservation and then I kind of looked into it a little bit more and yeah, there's interviews where he mentioned that. So, um, yeah, he was like cool to, to talk with me and yeah, we basically just talked about death metal the whole time because um, <laughs> I don't know if I was metal and wrestling. Yeah. I didn't know he, I didn't know he was a former, like, I guess wrestler on the small, small circuit. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I heard on some interviews you did like backyard wrestling where you'd like get slammed through like barbed wire tables and stuff like that. Ouch. Yeah, backyard ECW, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that was his style. That was like, I think he said that he he, he saw it as like a way to um, uh, pay your dues and to move up, you know, you do backyard first and then move up to like the more um, indoor indoor shows like um i don't know it's pretty interesting but yeah, um, definitely i mean um i think anybody in any sort of entertainment business knows like you gotta pay your dues you gotta work for where you want to get to so like even where we're at right now i still feel like even though we started this band back in 2013 we're still paying our dues and uh we're finally starting to get some recognition, at least when it comes to the the local Arizona scene, like the the actual Arizona scene. I mean, around here, like around in San Carlos, we're we're pretty well known, and it's cool. But I think now we're kind of like in that getting to that level where Celestial is. And, where they're kind of always working with like these touring acts and as well having like pretty decent followings go to those shows for them. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're right there, right behind them. Yeah. How do you, how do you think um, bands from your area can like break through and kind of get more, more and more recognition? Do you think it's just like getting on shows with like, 
big touring like national acts or you think it's like maybe getting your your music out like to like a big audience like on streaming services or, or i don't know i think personally it's about just doing it like put the bottle down stop smoking the ganja <laughs> go get a job investing in your equipment investing in getting to these shows and actually networking and buddy yeah i mean that that's what it really comes down to and showing your support as much as people are trying to support you and that's what really i guess what gets you to that next level and i think that's why celestial is like at the level they're at is because they're really good at it no yeah that's that's good i like that i think um just helping other bands out too and then just kind of everyone just kind of helping the whole scene too just and then sooner or later um someone from the scene just you know breaks through i mean i don't know i've never played in the band i'm not a musician i'm just i'm just a fan i'm so nerd i just nerd out on this stuff <laughs> yeah i think that's where we all started though like we get intrigued so much about something that we're passionate about to eventually where we start doing it or start getting involved in some sort of way i got into being a musician by just playing guitar hero if it wasn't for guitar hero i would have never picked up a guitar if i didn't pick up a guitar i would have never met isaiah <laughs> so i mean it all trickles down are you guys all like self-taught or did you guys like did anyone like do like music in school or do lessons for me i'm i'm self-taught you guys uh for me i'm self-taught you know it took me a while to understand how to read the the guitar pads and everything it took me a while and i was it took me a while but yeah self-taught <laughs> Um, with me, my dad, uh, taught me stuff that he knew when I was like nine. So that's how I picked up on guitar, but I know how to read music cause, uh, I was a big, uh, band nerd and, and when I was in fourth grade and I played the clarinet and the trumpet and, <laughs> and, uh, the saxophone even wanted to pick up on oboe and piccolo and through that I was so taught but with guitar I was basically just taught with my dad. I would have to say I was self taught learning learning the the metronome, the beat, the style on the on the kit. Before I used to was playing on guitar right now i'm still learning the basics for now but on the kit i was self-taught early on were your uh were you guys like families uh accepting or were they kind of like not really into you guys playing heavy? <laughs> uh who wants to go first well at first my family they they were confused they're like you like playing that music? You like that music? Do you even understand what they're saying? You know, like, 
they're just confused at first, but then they, they understood it because, um, you know, they listen to uh, Metallica, Marilyn Manson, uh, you know, the classic metal and everything. But, uh, yeah, they were confused. It was all because when I first seen the first album at Walmart, back in the day when you would pick up the CD and then you go in the aisles and they'll have, we used to scan the barcode and it'll play with the samples on the headphones. And that's when I was like, whoa. Those guys, yeah, so that was the first band that got me into the hardcore stuff, the metal. Yeah. And then that's when my family was like, oh no. <laughs> For the other members, um, what were some of the other, like, like uh, bands or or just any like heavy music that got you into playing metal? Um, let's see. When I was younger, my dad, like my mom, ugh, it's hard to explain. My mom is a Christian lady and my dad is not. So my dad was into like, you know, Megadeth and Anthrax, Slayer, Sepultura and my dad introduced me to that and that's basically what I grew up on. Um, but let's see something that really, well, a band that got me really into heavier stuff was, you know, Slipknot as well. Um, <laughs> the Black Valley murder, um, and, Cannibal Corpse, because my dad would take me to, and he would just pick up the CD and be like, would you like to listen to this? Like, okay, yeah. So we'd um, drive all the way back to my hometown that's like three hours away from Phoenix, and we'll be listening to the CD over and over again. <laughs> um, for me, it was, uh, dang. And really think back to it. Uh, well, my dad, he wasn't really much of the fan when it came to like metal. I mean, my dad was more so of uh, Beatles, Rolling Stone, uh, John Fogerty sort of man. I think the most hardest thing I've ever heard my dad listen to was like Creed. <laughs> I think about it. But, um, but um, besides that, though, besides what really influenced me was uh, I used to go visit my cousins down the road. Yeah, they, they lived right down the road and we were playing basketball one day. And my cousin Skyler, he was just like, he was kind of messing with us. And he was like, hey, man, you guys want to come, come get freaked out by like this, uh, this crazy music? So both my cousin, my cousin Andy and myself kind of looked at each other like, should we? And he was like, I'll, I'll go if you go. So I was like, yeah, sure. So we went inside and uh, what Skylar ended up playing was the Lamb of God's Philadelphia, um, their live live DVD. It's fucking awesome. I love that And he just, uh, he, he kind of skipped ahead of it and he wasn't necessarily playing like each every song, but the, the main thing I'll always remember is just seeing Randy Blythe raise up his Jägermeister and announcing 11th hour. And that was like, yep. 
After that, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Chris Adler's drumming. Maybe it was Randy's vocals. I think it was a little, a little bit of both. I think it was a little, a little bit of Might have been Willie's guitar playing, but overall, it's just like, damn. Yep. This is this is me now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love Lamb of God. Like I always like their. I don't know if it's their, what it is, but you know, it, it always just sounds like a machine gun. Like, like <laughs> even though, like mostly on their older stuff, like a lot of their, their like their rhythms is just like a, it sounds like a like a machine gun. It's like, dun 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 dun. dun I don't know. Kind of like a semi-auto, huh? Like yeah. going off. But it's, it's Chris, man. Yeah, it's too bad he's not in the band anymore. It's right? Sucks. <laughs> not sure what happened. Did they, like, his brother, like, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not too sure either. Yeah, they never... Uh, I remember, like, I know... I read a lot of, like, interviews and listen to a lot of, like, interviews and... Every time they ask him, he just he just says, "I'm not in the band anymore." That's like that's all he says. But I think he's same like, time too. Like when you think about it, he probably wouldn't want to necessarily shit on his brother. Maybe that's what's. Yeah. I like it when there's like brothers in the band. Those are always the coolest. Like they, I don't know, because um, uh, I remember Skeleton Witch. There were the brother, the the singer and the guitarist were brothers, but they. The singer got kicked out. Um, bands like Gojira and um, Decapitated, like those Dang. bands, they all have like family uh, family members, and I always think that's cool. So, yeah, I guess Pantera, yeah, Pantera's like that too. What's the D site too? Oh yeah, the brothers, the uh, like Hoffman yeah. brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sepultura too, like the Max and Igor. It's probably the best. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of some duels too. <laughs> Van Halen's probably the ultimate. <laughs> no i remember like when i first heard like death metal dude i honestly it wasn't for me like i was probably like in i don't know maybe like a like in ninth grade or middle school like I, I think i tried listening to cannibal corpse at a um i didn't go through the right like uh transitions like i didn't listen to like thrash metal yet but i went i tried listening to death metal and i just i couldn't i couldn't get it and, and I tried listening to like some like I remember I got like the death uh, album uh, Human, and this was probably when I was like sometime in high school. But yeah, it just it didn't like I didn't I couldn't get it yet. But then like after I started listening to like like Slayer and At the Gates, and then then but then I picked it up. And I'm like, oh okay, now it makes sense. It started to like go full circle then at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for for me it was uh Battle Remains. That was my first exposure to death metal. Uh I don't know what it really was, whether it was the drumming, the guitar work, or just the the gruesomeness of the <laughs> Yeah, they got the brutal album covers. Uh, yeah, the, the gruesomeness of the album covers or like the what is it like the audio tracks <laughs> like crucifixions and stuff yeah i seen them live and that was that was a sight to see i was only like 15 at the time in like this little bar stage diving <laughs> yeah that's the best when 
going to shows like well for me before i was 21 it was just i was just all about the music and trying to mosh and, oh hell yeah yeah but then like after i turned 21 i was just like start drinking and just like stand in the back like yeah I'll, I'll let them let them handle it yeah. <laughs> feeling all burnt out just all winded. All winded. So all winded. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't watch anymore. I just I um, I broke my foot um uh, last oh. year. I went to a Machine Head show in downtown uh, Phoenix mm-hmm. at the Van Buren, and I was standing. I wasn't even moshing. I was just standing next to the pit, and some dude with like steel-toed boots. I just like just stepped on my foot, and uh, and like I didn't know it was broken. And I found out like couple days later like um because my foot got really swollen and i couldn't fit my foot in my shoes and, and um yeah then i just had to go get it x-rayed and they're like yeah it's, it's like you're my fifth uh like got the the bone on my fifth toe was like um snapped the they said there's the fifth metatarsal and then i had to get uh surgery I had to get like <laughs> so yeah, that was the last time. I was like, no more. I'm not. I'm not gonna try anymore. I'm just gonna stand to the side. <laughs> I was gonna say the last time I was in the pit was at the Van Buren too. It was for uh, after the burial when they were touring with the uh, As Dying. Crying. Man, I went hard in the pit, but I didn't even last like the whole set. I was just like hand on my hips, just like this is a lot. <laughs> while, while slamming a beer I just how <laughs> <laughs> and then as the lay dying comes on and point I was sitting outside and he's laying there crying yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I used to live in Phoenix I used to go to a lot of shows but um, I moved to uh, up here and around Fort Defiance so mm. cut off now yeah, and that's that's quite the travel though. Do you if you go down? Do you usually like uh, stay out there and um, then come back? It's been a while since I've done that because I was living in Phoenix for like three years, oh. and so I, I just I just yeah, I would just go to all the shows around like in Club Red and um like the downtown area. And, but um, just last year I moved up here, so. Um, there hasn't been any like shows for me to drive down there yet. So, um, hopefully I want to see, um, D side and cataclysm, but, um, yeah, it's about a five hour drive. It's pretty, pretty far. Yeah. What kind of, uh, bands do you guys listen to now? My taste in music usually changes with the seasons. It's funny to say that, but, um, I listen to a variety of music. And uh, actually, lately, I've been listening to bands like, uh, well, I used to listen to them. But uh, now, Lorna Shore came out with a good-ass song now um, with, like, inhuman growls and, oh, it just, it's just nice. There's that, Lorna Shore, um, Enterprise Earth, uh I also switched back to um, like indie music as well. Like, uh, let's see, uh, I forgot the name of the band. 
yeah, I forgot the name of the band. But um, yeah, lately I've been listening to more of Lorna Shore because I love the older album, the older albums where Tom Barber was the uh, vocalist, and now the new vocalist is just amazing and. Yeah, where where'd that vocalist come from? You just kind of came out of nowhere. He was actually in, I think, because I was looking him up to, and I think he was actually in another band before they had him, because he filled in after um, the last vocalist. Was it CJ? Yeah, he got kicked out for like abuse, domestic violence. Yeah. Yeah. So he filled in for CJ, and then. I guess finally this year they made him the official vocalist. The dude is amazing. He's like, I want to sound like that. <laughs> but um, I also listened to Glow. Um, well, recently, yeah, as well as hmm. Mainly, I'm like a record player. I listen to the same stuff over and over, whether it's new or not. <laughs> I love older songs and all that. So that's that's what I listen to. Or that's it. Bands I'm really into. No, not to mention Ginger and Suicide Silence. <laughs> How about uh, other guys, the other guys? What have you guys been listening to lately? Well, basically for me, I just listen to any kind of style music right now because. There's a lot of there's a lot of metal bands out out there that I don't know, which I'm trying to s- still listen to. But in the meantime, either metal, reggae, a uh, little bit of rap, but it's just mostly it's just mostly metal and reggae. Those two genres I've been listening to so far, because because I kind of like the style of reggae hell it's just vibes and then after after listening to reggae and i just go back straight to any kind of style metal genre i just basically listen to any kind of genre on metal so far uh for me i would say i'm rocking man who am i rocking these days um Honestly, I don't really listen to metal as much when I'm not playing it. I'm more so listening to like indie rock. Uh, Actually, today my friend introduced me to a song called, oh, what was it? Uh, Photo ID by Remy Wolf. Man, it's like really happy of a tune almost like a pop song but it's got that that band soul to it just like yeah uh besides that though i think usually what i like to do is i like to explore um i guess newer bands music like uh decay just released a new ep and even though without harrison who's amazing guy amazing vocalist they sounded pretty good so the carrier's new release was pretty awesome uh another local heavyweight 
Nazy would be I Pariah. And their most recent album was. Mm. Chef's Kiss. And, yeah, Chef's Kiss. Just beautiful. Very heavy, very melodic, very fast. You would even be surprised that they're even a local band. Like, they need to be signed. Yeah, I haven't even heard them. I need to check them out now. I probably yeah, they, they're like uh, a real solid, I guess in comparison, would be like Thy Art is Murder, Whitechapel. Damn. Like, both of them combined into one band because they, they're really tight, too. They're honestly like the... I guess the band that's leading all the local local bands in AZ right now. Yeah. I think I've seen their logo on flyers. I just haven't been to a show, uh, a show that they've been on. Yeah. They're, they're definitely one to check out. Um, as well as, uh, I guess personally, uh, <laughs> smile on the center. They're, they're another good one. They, they're very, uh, I don't know, more like a uh, Corey, more like, uh, I guess more popular metal, but they definitely hold their weight. I mean, they just sold out, uh, the rebel lounge just recently. Wow. So, I mean, uh, I would have to say if there's anybody that's leading it as well, it's them. And all of those two bands are just local bands too. Yeah. And for me, I've been listening to Make Them Suffer. I've just been a fan of those guys for a long time. Just their mm. style, the grooviness, and uh, I just love those, especially their their new single, Cover Band. Ooh. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. And listen to her and also um, this Japanese artist. Her name is, I think it's Henry. I think it's like a 70s or 60s old school thing. I get done with that. I listen to different music nowadays. Well, as a musician, a guitar writer, you know, I, I, have, I have to explore music everywhere just to make and use those, all the genres that you collect it and to create it, you know, my, my own music as well. That's I mean, that's a very wide range of music. So right now I can't say what I'm listening to that I can say anything, even like to techno the country, you know. <laughs> that's what I listen to. Boots and cats, boots and cats. Nice. Yeah, I'm kind of out of questions, but um, do you guys want to like? Uh, shout out any anyone or any bands or any anyone before I uh, uh, finish the interview. Um, to everybody out there, check out Celestial Exile. I know that they're going to be releasing a single soon. I just don't know when. <laughs> they they keep hyping it up, but they haven't. Yeah, they they haven't put a date out, but definitely check out Celestial Exile. And to anybody locally that's listening, come check out the show on July 16th. Be jamming with Celestial Exile, uh, Better Than I, Pond Waters, Perseverance, and as well as Grotesque Remains. CDC guidelines required, mask required, $5 at the door. <laughs> um, but besides that, though, um, I don't know. 
let me think about it and I'll get back to you. You guys? You pretty much nailed everything. <laughs> How are you? I was going to say, shout out to my boys in Perseverance, <laughs> my brothers, <laughs> and my husband. <laughs> her, her, little, her literal brother-in-law, her brothers-in-law. <laughs> um, They're pretty good, too, and... They, they're probably going to have some stuff coming out soon, too. So shout out to them and be on the lookout for that. Uh, Ocean Harvest. Oh, yeah. You got to get on the line with Winston. I, I've been hearing each of these interviews and everyone's uh, mentioning Ocean Harvest. So you really got to talk to Winston. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But Naughty Kool-Aid. Naughty Kool-Aid. Oh god. Ooh. I haven't heard that in a long time. All of our inside jokes on ocean artists. But yeah, seriously, Winston. And actually, um him and the lead guitarist are actually brothers too. So, and their lead guitarist Eli, dang, oh, boy, can, yeah, yep. it's it's crazy how like he writes, and it's so catchy. Shout out to Guardians, Guardians, they're wonderful. To Res, uh, really can't think of other other reses. I mean, at least in regards to, I think if you've already heard everybody else shouted out on all the other interviews, who should be shouted out? <laughs> <laughs> the man who started it all, Carlos from Graves of the Monument. Mm-hmm. Got him. Yeah. It was actually funny too, our little side story. Uh, we're actually going to work on him being a part of the band at one point and this was like right before the pandemic too now that i think about it mm-hmm. and then he was showing us the material from the, the album storyteller back then oh yeah yeah, yeah. Actually got it. We, we got our first lesson of the demo tracks of it so good just sitting in his car just jamming out to it i know he was just like i i, I got work tomorrow but I really want to meet you guys. And he's such a sweetheart. Sweet. Yeah, sweet man. Sweet man. Every time I want to see him, I want a big old hug. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, boy. He, does, he deserves a fresh hug on and more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to him, man. Shout out to Carl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were cool. They were, they were, they were like, responding to me right away. I just... Um, message them on Facebook and they're like, yeah, let's do it in this, this day, this time. And then, yeah, it worked out. So it was really cool. The only thing is He's like my, up my audio kind of wasn't that good that episode though, but trying to get better at it. And that's why we're trying to set all these microphones up so that the audio would be smooth. Although it was a bit of a rough start at the beginning. I feel like this turned out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I just started actually that, uh, and when I talked to Carlos and Quinn from, uh, Graves, um, that was my first time using 
zoom because before i was just you know i would just talk to people over the phone and just record it um which the audio that's probably why the audio kind of sucked but um but this is better i mean the zoom does a pretty good uh job of uh picking up the audio and then um the singer of uh, under exile franklin 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 yeah he showed me how to use the uh use like a, a compressed uh, compression so yeah that was cool so i really helped out yeah franklin's always always on top of the vocals man mm-hmm. he, he's the the native inspiration for vocal covers i mean he, he always does it pretty well too and always stays consistent with it <laughs> yeah he's good um they just played a show in albuquerque uh I was thinking about checking it out, but I didn't get off work until like seven o'clock. So and I was like, man, I can't, cause Albuquerque is like a, like a three hour drive from where I'm at. But it was just like, I was like, nah, I mean, to like, you know, get off. It's already going to be just run over there. Like, that's already going to be a lot for you to head all the way that way. Huh? Yeah. I was just like, nah, it, it, if I wasn't working yesterday, I would have definitely gone, but. All good. No doubt. I felt like our our paths are gonna end up cro- crossing eventually. I know that a while back we're in talks of getting under exile to San Carlos, but back then I guess you could say we had the aspiration but no money. <laughs> and now we have the money but more so time. Just don't got time on our hands. <laughs> but we make it work. Yeah, no, I'm just seeing where this leads up to. Um, I don't know. Let me go. I'll just keep doing just to keep myself busy out here because like there's just not a lot going on. Um, um, just trying to keep myself busy. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, this this is like a really great way of everyone getting to know each other. I think you get a sense of who's where and who's doing what. I mean the bands that you've interviewed so far, they've kind of all trickled off of one another, specifically Malcolm. <laughs> Cause Malcolm was like in what, all three of them. Like ethnic degeneration. Um, yeah. Like graves of the monuments born in winter and, um, his own band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they all kind of lead with one another, but at the same time too, it's pretty cool. Just hearing who's active and, at the same time that gives like us an idea of like who we can look forward to see with shows and stuff. Oh yeah. That's cool. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. It's, it's all a big old bubble. Bomber one. Yeah, big, old, <laughs> big old native bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like eventually I'm going to run out of like native bands to talk to and then, and then, I was thinking at that point, maybe I should just start try to reach out to kind of like just bands that I like. There's one band I really want to talk to. Um, I follow, um, they're called vital spirit. Hmm. Um, they're like, uh, I think they're from like Vancouver. They, Dang. the reason that I like really like they caught my attention was that they put out a, uh, like an EP last year and it had a Navajo sand painting on it. And then I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then it's all like black metal with like Western, um, like 
kind of like Western movie, like theme music with black metal. I was like, Oh, that's fucking cool. And then, um, Dang. yeah, I was like, yeah, that's, that's, I just, I want to just talk to him about like, well, you know, how they chose like the, the sand painting and like the idea behind like mixing like Western theme music with black metal. So I don't know. Maybe I'll message him. I, I tried, I tried messaging um, Max Cavalera, but they never haven't got a response yet. So I don't know. Keep trying, man. Keep yeah. trying. Uh, I'm pretty sure the moment you have made it to that point, your podcast would probably be like really big, like extremely big to the point where Max is like, all right, everyone's been talking about this too, Calvin. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> But I was going to say, too, to add on to that uh, other band with Vancouver, um, you should try a band called Ectoplasmum. Oh. Because they released this single just like a few days ago, but it has like this real killer artwork of like, uh, I guess you could say some natives raiding some Britons or some in that sort, but it, it was like really cool artwork. And I know they kind of like blew up off of that. And surprisingly, they're like a, a real small local band, I think based out of, I don't know, North Carolina or something like that. By the same time too, they were kind of like getting a lot of uh, hateful feedback because the native was wearing a headdress and I guess that's not geographically correct. Oh, supposedly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, from my understanding, I think they're like a melodic death metal band. Yeah. Or that's, that's what it kind of seems like, but I'm not too sure. I haven't even checked out the single myself, but yeah. I'm pretty sure there, there's someone that you would probably want to look into because I think they're supposed to be releasing an album too that goes in depth with that artwork, but I'm not too sure. All right. Yeah. I'll definitely see if I, I'll just message anyone, whoever replies, I'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me. Talk yeah. to me. <laughs> me like 45 minutes of your time. <laughs> I think a lot of those big, you know, the big, um, big, you know, it's like popular people, like they have like, a you have to go through like their like publicist or something. And then you're only allowed like a certain amount of time. Like, I think those kind of, those type, I don't know. Like I'll probably just keep it just kind of low key. And whoever has like, uh, the extra time I'll definitely talk to, but as far as like talking to someone huge, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think, I think the way that I see it is that you'll probably cover all of the native bands first, which will then lead into all the local bands, which will then lead to like all of the maybe semi-pro bands. And then it'll lead to like the professional bands. That's where I kind of see the escalation of it going. Yeah. Cause once you, once you're done fishing in this pond, you got another pond to fish, then you got another lake to fish, <laughs> then you got the ocean. <laughs> I really, my, I always thought it'd be cool to talk to like um, people who run the labels. I don't know if you follow like the labels on like social media, but there's one label that just everything they put out is just like 
amazing. It's uh, profound lore. Like mm, profound lore. Yeah, anything anything they put out is just like it sells out and huh. just like always like a top ten album like every at the end of the year. Just um, I'm always interested to hear those those types of uh, people who put stuff out. I know one that's pretty good is uh, what is it? We are triumphant, oh, really? and I know they're a label that's. They're big yet small, but they usually always end up finding the newest talent. So I, I feel like that that's another semi-pro label, I would say. Um, or you could even look at uh, another small one would be like Revival Records. That one's from the, or the founder of that, Record label is from the band Alisana, uh, Sean Milky. And I would think that's another small one that would be pretty cool to see. I mean, just speak on the regards of like smaller, smaller labels, yeah. but with high impact. <laughs> yeah. Franklin, Franklin was saying that like, there's like certain promoters around here too, that have um, connections with like, you know, like, the rancid savage promotion here out around here he has connections with like lamb of god and like devil driver and so i was like yeah, maybe i should try to like talk to promote people who promote shows and see if i can get some uh connections there but we'll see you know that would actually be a really good perception to see like from the promoter standpoint and like what they expect out of a growing band or yeah. what, what they would want to see out of someone that's trying to make it big. And now I would think that that would bring a lot of good advice to like a smaller bands. So I would say push for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got to pace myself sometimes. Cause, um, <laughs> Yeah, I I, ha I mostly have my weekends to, to do these, and but then during the week it's kind of hard. But um, yeah, I definitely want to reach out to them. Um, but yeah, thanks again, guys. Yeah, not a problem. Thank you for staying up very late for us. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, yeah, we were up pretty late talking. Uh, be sure to follow Alliance on their social media pages like uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, also, if you're in the San Carlos uh, uh, area, be sure to check them out on July 16th. They will be playing a show with Celestial Exile and uh, a couple other bands. It'll be a hometown show. Uh, be sure to follow CDC guidelines and masks as required, uh, just like uh, you know Scott mentioned in the, in the talk. Uh, all right, I'm going to play... Uh, one of their songs, the, the devil within. Um, so, um, yeah, thank you everyone. Uh, be safe. Uh, take care.
to yeet. Yeet.